Tick tock, tick tock. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Tick tock, tick tock. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the kick ass nation? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of most ages? Hey, welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Rausch, where we proudly come to you every single week, sponsored and a part of the Speaking of the Heart Podcast Network bringing you value, bringing you content that's going to change your mindset, that's going to get you in the flow of things that you want to do, not what you've been doing. So I want to invite you guys here tonight to have an open mind. We're going to be talking about something very, very serious and very, very much needed right now. We're going to be talking about mental health. We all know that there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Some of us have been dealing with mental health all of our entire all of our entire lives, me included. And it's such a a perfect time really to just discuss this and dive down the rabbit hole a little bit to figure out what it is that we all need to do and focus on to get through these uncertain times. As of the taping of this show, we're going through the pandemic. It is now May 12th to 2020. And, you know, some of the states are starting to lift their restrictions. Things are starting to quote unquote, go back to normal, which if you guys saw my show last week and the Friday night live, we recently did, we talked about what normal is and there is no normal. There is no new normal. There is just what is. And that's one of the things we're going to be talking about tonight. I have an amazing guest coming on here in just a few minutes, a personal friend of mine, a mentor and the founder of the speaking of the heart podcast network. We're going to talk about why he started. We're going to talk about the reason and the passion behind that. It's all to serve. It's not to make money. It's not to gain fame. It's all about serving and taking what we've learned through our mental health struggles and sharing that back with you guys so that you're strong and you're adaptable and flexible to whatever comes your way. Some people are surprised when I tell them that I suffer from depression. I should say suffer. I grow from depression. I deal with anxiety. I deal with ADHD on crack. I have all sorts of different things. I have chronic pain. I have a lot of stress in my life from certain aspects, but every single day I look to what it is that's going to cause me to grow. What situation is going to come up that's going to cause me to develop patience? What situation is going to come up and cause me to rely on the tools that I use as a coach? What things are going to come up? And that I know are going to be valleys and are going to be tough situations to go through. They're going to cause me to become stronger. If you guys know me for a long time, you guys know I have a tattoo. What doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. If I didn't believe in that, it would not be written in permanent ink in my arm. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I hope that you have pen and paper and I hope you share this out because this is really truly a message that I am passionate about getting out. Truth be told, I had a show pre-recorded for tonight, but the, the planets aligned and I saw Shane talking and I was sitting there thinking about what everybody's going through. And I'm like, my topic is relevant, but really to get into the button, the nuts and bolts about mental health and, and help you guys strategically and profoundly ever tonight. That's my passion. That's what I want to do. Good evening. Good evening. What's up, Jacqueline, Cindy. Good evening. So glad to see you guys here. Um, so my guest tonight, uh, we've known each other for a few years now. And we became friends and brothers and we've supported one another through our tough times. And we constantly edge on each other to grow and to come out of our funk and come out of whatever it is that we're going through because we both realize and we both know that we're both um, impactivists. We're both spiritual guidance people that are here on this earth to make you guys realize that you're more than the problems that you face. You're more than the situations that you've been through. Yeah, it was yesterday. Today is a new day. And today is the day that you decide and you make that determination that you're no longer going to be a victim, that you're going to be a victor. 
Um, he is the founder of the Speaking to the Heart Podcast Network. He is someone who has gone through various situations in his life, and I'm sure he's going to share some of them where he has had to face those challenges head on and figure out what he's going to do to be able to continue to rise like the Phoenix that the Speaking to the Heart Network is all about. So it is my honor to be able to share with you and bring to you guys today none other than Mr. Shane Schultz. Shane, how you doing, brother? Brother, it is awesome to see you. Listen, uh, you know, I mean, raw, not scripted. You were meant for it, baby. So I am so happy to be here with you. So let's get rolling. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. And definitely in these times that we're going through with COVID, we've, we actually, when I went into it, Shane, I was thinking, and you guys, and you know me, I was thinking like, okay, this is an opportunity for the world to reset. There's 7 billion people on the planet. We're all going through this at the same time. Some countries and some situations have been tougher than others. And I think about, you know, for the first time in our, in our lifetimes, everybody's going through it at the same time, but not everybody's going through the same situation at the same time. I'm fortunately somewhat blessed to be in a, in a decent situation at the moment. Uh, but I know that there's people out there struggling. And the thing that I think about, and I said it in, in the, in the introduction is thinking about the new normal, but the thing that keeps coming up into my mind is how do we deal with uncertainty? Because obviously as things unfold, we don't have control over most of it. And I think a lot of us, me included a a few years ago, I would have wanted to control it. I would have wanted to figure out what was plan A, B, and C to get through this. How was I going to make money? How was I going to feed my family? How was I going to do all these different things? And I just, I think that's a, a, an, an interesting spot to jump off of dealing with uncertainty and mental health and how people can potentially change their frame of mind about that, not to be so involved in the what if, but just being in the moment. Well, I think that's one of the positives when it comes to this pandemic. If there is a positive at all, I think that's one of them. And that is that it isn't, you know, it's not discriminating by any means. Uh, what it's doing is that it's going after all sorts of people, whether it be their age or whether it be their, their color, whether it be uh, their name, whether it be the numbers of zeros that's in their bank account. That really doesn't matter. This thing is really going after just about everybody. And if we're not careful, you know, it definitely can affect our world. And, you know, I personally, you know, that, you know, both my parents have COVID-19. So I know what that's like. I know what it's like to be a son who lives in New York and to know that your parents are in the hospital dealing with COVID-19. So, you know, I mean, I, I believe that if there is a positive, I think it is the fact that it's going it's not discriminating. And I think that that's one positive that's going on with this. Mm -hmm. What have you, what have you seen from your side and the, and the contacts you have both in the mental health community and also the people you serve, what have been some of the bigger issues that people are having with this situation versus normal life? Uncertainty, uncertainty. I mean, you just think about it. You have your job taken out from underneath you. You didn't do anything wrong. You know, I mean, if anything, you, you might have been going up the ladder, but all of a sudden that ladder is now out from underneath you. Uh, you know, then there's the, um, you know, what the heck am I going to do? How am I going to support myself? How am I going to be able to make a living? How am I going to be able to support my child? How am I going to be able to, you know, be able to do the things that I want to do? Oh, I forgot. There's nothing to do. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, yep. there's nothing to do. We, we have to, you know, kind of accept the fact that there's not a whole lot that we can do, uh, that we would normally go about doing. I know like here's May, 
I would be out on the driving range, you know what I mean? And, and, and hitting a little white golf ball around, but that's not an option right now for what it is that's going on, especially with my particular situation. My, my immune system is, is quite low, uh, due to some uh, health issues that I've gone through. So I have to really be, you know, diligent in regards to my solidarity and staying with inside. So as to make sure that I don't get sick any more than what I already am. Mm -hmm. So again, what are, what are some of the issues that they're facing that they're going through? I mean, is it any different for them now in dealing with COVID and dealing with the different situations with job loss and things of that nature? Um, what are some of the things that they're, 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 they're faced with and what are some of your recommendations for them to get through it? Well, one of the things that's kind of unique is the fact that you know that we've been doing this for a while, right? I've been doing this since 2013, right? It was my first podcast, the Risen Strength Motivational Podcast, and I'm actually bringing that back. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like coming full circle. And, you know, in doing this, I've met a lot of people who have gone through a number of different challenges in life, whether it be mind, body, and spirit. Okay. And so with that being the case, you got like chronic pain, chronic illness, you know, we've talked about these things and, you know, they had their life basically changed in a big, big way like this, but there was no fanfare. There was no CNN at their door. There was no, you know, governor that was making arrangements so that they could, you know, be able to survive, you know, just because they were on disability. So in some ways, we are kind of in in ways immune to this a little bit because we, it really doesn't affect as much of what it is that's going on but but the thing is is that it does make a it does make an effect don't get me wrong because we're involved with friends and we're involved with with family that are going through it and now people are experiencing something that others have been going through for quite quite some time and you know some of the things that i would give as a hint of you know help would be you know, to slow things down a little bit, because if you gear up, if you're gearing up, I know with me, right. I used to play football a little bit and I used to, used to box and everything in that sense. And one of the things that I really don't do well with is if I can't move, <laughs> if I can't move, I don't know if I'm claustrophobic or not. All I know is I don't like it. If I'm tackled and there's like a bunch of people on me, get the hell off of me. <laughs> like now, <laughs> you know, you know? so you know, I mean, with that being the case, um, you know, I personally decided that, you know, what I would do is is slow things down. And the way that I gave that analogy was, is if like you were driving a standard, right? If you were driving a car, a race car or something like that, sometimes you have to, you know, take that shift and you have to shift downward in order to be able to, you know, go through the turn correctly or, or maybe to go into the pits in order to be able to get worked on or whatever that is. If you're going at a revving speed, if you're, if you're just going in fifth gear and you're revving it all up, well, you're going to blow up your motor. So, you know, I mean, we don't want that to happen. So what I would suggest is, is to slow things down as much as possible. Now, there's a lot of different things that you can do in making that happen. You can, you know, do a few different things. Like what I'll do is like, if I'm taking a drink, if I'm taking a drink of water, I drink water every single day. It's so important that I can tell you anybody who I've coached, anybody who I've worked with in any way, water is hugely important. Being hydrated is hugely important. So when you're sitting there and you're drinking, drink it as slow as what you can. Drink it as slow as what you can, but continually. And what that will do is that it will help your mindset, your subconscious come to the realization that, hey, you know what? 
everything's not altogether the bad thing. Everything's okay. It's all right. It's going to be all right. And you want to know what's something that's really unique. It's the same thing that I would go ahead and tell somebody who's dealing with anxiety, who's dealing with in, or depression, you know, because when you're sitting there and you're getting all amped up, then all of a sudden, you know, the world's, you know, crashing and the walls are coming in. And then, you know, you are starting to make decisions that may not be healthy for you. Mm, thank you for that. That's, that's immensely valuable. And you touched on something that, that I struggle with and that's anxiety. So talk to us about people who have, who have been on the edge of anxiety. Maybe they've been anxious at work. They've been anxious with traffic. They've been anxious with their kids, but now they're anxious about their future. They're anxious about their monetary income. They're anxious about the state of the world. They're anxious about everything. What are some of the mechanisms or what are some of the processes that you use in order to mitigate or control anxiety? Well, you know, I mean, let's be real. They have reason to have anxiety. There's there's some real reason why to have some anxiety of what's going on here. Oh, you know, yeah. no, no matter what you decide to like, whatever side that you like in the political realm, I don't really care. But there's some real reason why there's something that could be anxious about in regards to the situation. You know, your livelihood could change. You because I mean, yeah, they're saying that about 70 to 75% of the workforce is going to go right back to their job. Okay. And in fact, they made some arrangements in order for that to happen. That doesn't mean that's going to happen. In fact, I know some businesses that are not living by that, right? They're not going, they're going by, they're not going by that. They're going by the bottom line, yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to happen. Now, no, I'm not helping you in, in order to be able to quell your anxiety, but let's be real. These are real situations. Now, do the things that you can change. Like affect the things that you can make a difference in. Don't affect in the difference of what other people are doing, right? Yeah. There's not a damn thing that we can do in regards to the political realm. I, I, can't go, I can't go into it any more than that. I don't watch TV because I can't listen to these idiots anymore. I really can't. I can't listen to what it is that they go back and forth in and everything in that sense. And I really can't, you know, there's, there's certain people that I just can't listen to anymore. So I can't change that. So what can I do? I can make it so that I limit my viewership or I limit what it is that I hear or I limit what's going to affect me. And how I can do that is, is that I can be proactive. Instead of reacting to something, I can be proactive. And then I can go ahead and say, listen, instead of listening to all the stuff that I know that's going to get me geared up, why don't I go ahead and go to YouTube and listen to something that's funny? you know, watch something from Robin Williams, do something that's going to make me laugh, do something that's going to inspire me, work on something that's going to inspire me. I've got a lot of work to do in regards to the Speaking the Heart podcast network. So, you know, I always have that opportunity, but it also is important to nurture yourself. It's important to nurture yourself for what it is that you are. And it's okay to do so. There's a lot of people that are out there that think that they have to go upon, go upon, go upon, go upon. And they don't realize that, you know, they're burning themselves out, you know, and, you know, it's like, it's like dead air in, in radio, right? Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I know in, in editing, you know, I've done over 700 different episodes in my, in my lifetime in regards to podcasting. And one of the things that I know is, is that a host hates dead air. They can't stand it. They have to talk. It's like, if, if, if you have a second of dead air, they're, they're like, oh my God, I got to talk. And, you know, and it's the same thing here. 
take some time for yourself, nurture yourself, relax, because believe it or not, as any host in any podcast would realize after they listen to it, it's the silent moment that's the most impactful. It's the silent moment that gets that point across the most. So same thing in your life. It's that silent moment of nurturing that impacts you the most, that affects you the most, and that helps you the most. And so that's something that I would suggest. Mm, that's that's super huge, Shane. And I'm so glad you mentioned that. What you can control, what you can't control. That's the beauty of the situation for me, honestly. When people have asked me, like, how are you getting through this? I'm like, you know, honestly, two years ago, I would have been a control freak. I would have been freaking out. Like I said, plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And now I'm just free falling. I'm just like, okay, really? And this is the truth, guys. Whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen. Whatever shit show is going to happen, whatever is going to happen is supposed to happen because it's designed to help us evolve. It's designed to, in my opinion, hopefully do a massive reset on the things we focus on. I was just talking to one of my coaching clients tonight and she's a teacher and she was talking about this troubled student that she had. And she's, she was wondering and she was curious how that student's doing at home, if he's getting better, if he's getting worse and what it was. And I simply asked her, I said, you know, how do you think that's going to, what do you think it's going to be like when he goes back to school? She goes, I don't care. I miss him. I miss his troubleness. I miss all that different situation about this. So my goal from all of this is that we're going to realize that we're more than we're more alike than we are different. We're going to yeah. realize that we should be supporting each other and growing each other as opposed to picking each other apart and, and driving everybody down. And when I went into this, Shane, and I think I had mentioned this to you, I had this huge vision, like, okay, the world's going to start coming together. Kind of like 9-11 here in the United States. Everybody started being nicer to each other. Everybody started being more respectful. We realized, hey, we're USA. We're USA. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, straight, gay, tall, fat, Republican, Democrat, whatever the fuck you are, transgender, anything you want to put in there. We're all the same going through this at the same time. And my vision was like, okay, people are going to start being nicer to each other. Maybe the political bullshit's going to go away. Maybe the rhetoric or what's true and what's not true and all that shit's going to go away. And we're all going to be like, hey, how are we all doing? But that is obviously not the case. Anybody who can run into their Facebook feed for like 10 seconds can realize the divisiveness. And we can realize that everybody's got an opinion and a platform. So I'm so glad you said that because we can't control the political process. We can't control what all these experts and everybody else are going to do. But we can control what we focus on. And we can control what it is that we're doing in the moment to be able to get through that moment. Because everything is just about moments. Somebody was talking to me the other day. They're like, oh, but this is my past and this is my past. And I said, where's your past? I said, you show me where your past is. And they just looked at me like, well, I could picture them looking at me. It was over the phone. And they're like, what are you talking about, dude? My past is my past. And I'm like, exactly. It's in your past. It's electrical energy in your brain. So let it go and get over that. Um, for me, in anxious moments, I sit there and I go to meditate. I listen to, uh, I think it's called Budify. It's like an app. So I'll sit there and listen to that for 10 or 15 minutes, or I'll go to music or I'll do some deep breaths just to get me out of those situations. Or I'll, like you said, go to YouTube and, 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 and find those situations. But what do you talk? I mean, Shane, you've dealt with some people who have been in the hole. You've been in the hole. I've been in the hole. People that are sitting there having this conspiracy theory mind and this, oh my God, what's going to happen? The people that might snap, what do you say to those people? Because they might be watching right now the main thing that you gotta you gotta understand is is that it starts with you first it starts with you first it's not about what it is that other people are doing well you know it drives me crazy in order to be able to see like chris had mentioned in regards to facebook and all you have to do is look in the timeline and it isn't like 9 11 i was part of 9 11 i would lived in connecticut at the time i had been in ground zero i actually was you know, I had a, a, a friend of mine who I was dating at the time 
who worked in one of the towers. And, and so I know a lot about 9-11 and how that all worked. They were, they, by the way, they were fine at the end, but except for the fact that we have our memory. So the thing that we need to understand is, is that we need to think of us as a human race. We are not a color. We are not a, a community of some sort that 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 is better than another community. We are not better than anybody else. We are a human race. We are somebody who cares about somebody. And you want to know something? That goes for those who are even doing the wrong things. Now, people probably are going to come at me and say, what, are you out of your freaking mind? Okay, there's been a lot of things that are out there that has just been insane. There's no question about that. But there's a reason why that is. And a lot of that has to do with because of the reaction, right? They're reacting to it. Now, what are they reacting to? Are they reacting to their anger? Are they reacting to their fear? Is that possible? You know, because a lot of people will sit there and they will mask what their fear is through anger. You know, one of the things that I teach people is, is that you have your primary emotion, you have your secondary emotion. Now, I'm not saying that I came up with this. I'm just telling you this is what it is that I use to help people. There's a primary emotion. There's a secondary emotion. Take, for instance, you are angry. Okay, well, that's your secondary emotion. What's the primary emotion? You're hurt. You feel hurt. You feel disrespected. You feel as if like you did something wrong. Maybe it's something that you did. Maybe you feel inept. Maybe you feel like you don't add up to what it is that somebody else might think you should or expect you to be. So then you come at them with a reaction, which is anger. And that's the secondary. What we're seeing is, is that secondary emotion from people. It would be really awesome to be, you know, there used to be a, a show, I forget what show it was, where it had a number over the top of somebody's head. And basically it was telling you how many days that you had to live. And what this is, what would be really cool is, is if we had our primary emotion that was right above our head, because then we would understand a lot more. We would be able to help each other a lot more. Now, it's our responsibility to be able to then harness in what it is that our secondary emotion is. And sometimes that means take a step back. Sometimes that means to take a step back and to realize that, you know what, you're not in the most healthy frame of mind right now. And so let's take a step back. Let's, take, let's let, it, let it ride for just a little bit. And then come at it from a different angle. Come at it from a different angle than what it is that you were ready to come roaring at. Because when you're sitting there and you're trying to go through a brick wall, you know, just because it feels right doesn't mean that it's going to be healthy for you. And so, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are like angry at what it is that they're seeing out there. And, and, and that's because they, they feel something. They feel gut-wrenched inside. They feel like this can't be happening. I know something that I keep on saying is, that everything that is happening right now is exactly what we were told couldn't happen when we were kids. We were told there was no way that we were, we were working in space, right? We were talking about Star Wars. We were talking about, you know, going, going into the moon and going to the Mars and doing all these sorts of things. That's where it is that our, our apocalypse was going to happen. It was going to happen here on Earth. You know, I mean, uh, aside from the Cold War, that's really what it is. And when the Cold War was done, which was between Russia and the United States, when that was done, hey, you know, everything's cool. Everything's going to work out. They stopped working about, you know, on, in space. They stopped thinking that that was a necessity. This wasn't supposed to happen. The things that are happening in the political realm, 
wasn't supposed to happen. There was supposed to be checks and balances that was supposed to, to be able to protect who it is that we are, to protect the citizens of the United States so that these you know parties, these two parties, don't screw things up enough. You know, unfortunately, what we thought was going to be, it isn't. This is the real deal now. And now we need to be able to react to it. We need to be able to proact through it. And we need to be able to grow through it. And that's what it is that I try to do is I try to help somebody grow through what it is that they are going through at this given time. It's not easy. It's a lot of work and it is necessary and it is beneficial and rewarding. Mm, it's so powerful. I hope you guys are taking notes out there. I mean, what Shane's dropping here is actual factual situations and things that you guys can do in order to change your perspective about this. That's what we're talking about is changing your perspective. If you look at this as like, Oh my God, what's going to happen. And then this could happen and that can happen. And, and that could happen. And that can happen too. All of those things can happen, but you have to ask yourself, okay, if you're going to, if you're going to go down that road, at least in my opinion, you have to say, okay, if that's going to happen, what am I going to do? Most people just sit there and spout like, Holy shit. You know, what happens with this? What happens with this? What happens with this? Oh, by the way, what's on Netflix? You know, okay. So again, going back to my normal personality, which is plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, my recommendation to you guys out there is the fact if you're a conspiracy theorist and you think shit's going to go sideways, then have a plan. Okay. What's going to happen? What am I going to do? Am I going to react or am I going to respond? Am I just going to see what happens? So many people I've talked to, I'm surprised, but I'm just going to see what happens. I'm like, well, how about just hedging your bet and figuring out what it is that you can do proactively so that you're not reacting to it and you're not a victim of the situation because God only knows what's going to happen. So you know, the stronger you are and the more fortified you are and the plan that you're going to take and the action you're going to have and the belief you're going to have, that's going to make you stronger to come out of this without fucking getting toppled. I mean, what do you, I mean, honestly, Shane, in your, in your best guesstimate, what do you think is going to happen over the next six months with people and what their frame of mind is going to be? Uh, Besides uncertainty, I, of course, we talked about that. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And and a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, everybody is just on tilt right now. You know, when, when somebody is sitting there and they're, they're on tilt, they are on a, a high end, right? They are, they, their, their, their motor is revved up so high that they just react. Right. And it's not smooth. It's not cool. It's not, you know, it's, it's not something that's, you know, going to work in constituency with another. And so I think that it's going to get worse before it gets better. I think also what's going to end up happening is, is that when I was talking with this, uh, with another host of the Speaking the Heart podcast network, and her name is Cassie Nolan of Chronically Cultivating. And we were talking about how I personally believe that COVID-19 is going to end up being an escape goat. I think that you're going to end up finding that our relationships that are changed because of the amount of time that we are here with one another and everything in that sense and that have changed because of that. I think that's going to end up being a scapegoat. The people are going to say, I had a job before COVID-19. I had a relationship before COVID-19. My, my marriage was doing wonderful before COVID-19. You know, I, I was, I was going to be a gymnast. I was going to be a whole, I was going to be an athlete. I was going to do this. I was going to do that. I was going to do this. And I believe that COVID-19 is going to end up being a scapegoat. And what I think that what we need to do as a community, you know, a community of humans, like I talk about the human race here, I think that we need to work with one another to help each other not go there. Don't go there. 
Don't allow this to be your excuse. Don't allow this to be your scapegoat. Don't allow this to be your downfall. Now, there are people that have gone through some really hellacious things when it comes to COVID-19. There are some families that have been devastated because of it. Mine could have been, right? Mine was really not altogether good. I mean, there was a whole week there where I didn't know if I was going to have my mother and my father come back to me. And I was in New York and they were in Florida and I was going out of my damn mind. So what it is that I decided to do was I was going to work. I was going to work. I was going to do editing. I was going to do whatever it is that I needed to do so as to be able to not go crazy. <laughs> and, you know, and so I think what we really need to do for each other is, is not make this be our downfall, not allow this to be the reason why we react in a way that's not going to be healthy for us, for us or for others. Right. That's really important. You know, I mean, it's like when you start seeing people who are sitting there and they're yelling at, you know, first responders or they're yelling at nurses and they're yelling at doctors and they're sitting there and they're telling them that they're, they're actors and all this nonsense. It's like, are you serious? Are you like, are you serious right now? Okay. You know, I mean, do you, do you not gather what it is that's really going on here? These people are heroes, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they're heroes for doing what it is that they're doing. And, you know, and they require some space too, you know, because they don't like it either. They don't know whether or not that they're going to have their job after this. They don't know if they're going to live after this because they are constantly being forced to be in this situation, right? That's what it is that they do. They don't even know. How about the people who went in and not, we talked about 9-11. How about those first responders that went in there? They didn't know. Mm. I mean, I'm sure they did. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? But they didn't know what was about to come years and decades afterwards, you know, as to where they were going to be affected by it. So, you know we really need to stop being divisive towards one another. I think it's like water on a grease fire right now. I think that, you know, I mean, we, we need to stop, you know, pouring that water on the grease fire and letting things just blow up and letting things, you know, letting our, our emotions just go off and telling everybody that they're wrong for what it is that they believe. I don't believe that there are certain people that are in our political realm that should be there. I don't believe that they are doing the right thing. I don't believe, I don't believe either side is doing the right thing, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I would much rather have somebody come in and say, all right, time out. We're going to fix this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> But that's just not really realistic. But at the same time, at the same time, I don't fault somebody for having their belief. I don't fault somebody for having their thoughts. I'll be glad to, you know, have a discussion with them and tell them as long as they're not impeding my right. Right. And that my mother actually put a meme out there uh, the other day. And it's like, since when is it OK to impede on somebody else's rights in order to prove that you have rights to? Mm, yep. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, since when is it OK for you to go ahead and beat up on somebody so, to be able to prove that you have the right to be free? Right. To be to be that 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 person that uh, is is in enjoying their freedom and, and not being impeded by, you know, the, the man or the or the, the situation. So, you know, I, I think that this is something that we need to do. We need to come together as a community. We need to understand that this is a real deal and this isn't a joke. It's not a joke anymore. Don't treat it like one. You know, don't act like a fool. Don't act like a clown. This isn't a circus. This is a real deal. People's lives have been affected. Listen, we have over 100,000 people who have died 
to COVID. It's real. It happened. I don't care mm. whether or not that you believe it or not. It's real. I'll show you the, the trucks as to where there's bodies that are actually being loaded into the damn thing. It happened. Now, what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Are you going to be a fool? Are you going to be a clown? Or are you going to be a hero? Or are you going to be somebody who's going to be there to help somebody else? Or are you going to make a difference for somebody? Do something that's going to make a difference. Don't do something that's going to be a fool. Loudly heard, my brother. Loudly heard. I love your passion. I think what you what it boils down to, what you're saying, Shane, is be a part of the solution, not be a part of the problem. And you reminded me when you were talking about um, you know, uniting and being all the same. There's a there's a portion of my keynote where I ask everybody in the audience, um, you know, if anybody's ever had life-saving surgery where they've had a blood transplant, a blood transfusion, and a bunch of people raise their hands. And I'm like, okay, the next question I'm gonna ask you, I do not want you to answer out loud. I want you to answer it inside. But how many of you are racist? How many of you people have a judgment against somebody else because of the color of their skin or their ethnicity or the religious beliefs? I don't want you to raise your hand. I don't want you to say anything, but I would just want you to think about that in your brain. And then my next question, my last question is going to be, did you ask where that life-saving blood came from when you were getting it? Right. And I can, I can, I've been in front of 600 people, Shane. I remember this very, very, very vividly. I looked out and I was shocked. I almost fell over when how many people, their facial expressions showed what it is that they were thinking. I was shocked at how many people I was like, holy crap, we're in a room full of a bunch of people that might be bigots or racist or something like that. But my point of the action was when I saw their faces, they realized it was blood and it saved my life. It doesn't matter who it came from, because when I asked people in the audience, hey, look around. You can see black people, uh, Asian people, you can see white people, Indian people, um, all sorts of different people, because those are the people that I love, all, all sorts of people. And I'm like, okay, take a look. If we all stood up right now and we all got split down the middle and we got opened up, there would be no more color. There would be no more anything else. We would all look the same. We'd all have the same hearts and lungs and organs and livers and everything like that. So my point in saying that is that we are more the same than we are different. And it's okay. Yes, we want people to have different beliefs. I was just telling somebody the other day, they were all pissed off about, I'm sick of these people. I'm sick of these people. I'm like, shut up, dude. Would you want everybody to be the same? Right. And they had to think about it. It was on Facebook Messenger. I'm like, would you want everybody the same? And there was a pause. They're like, well, no, that would be boring. I said, okay. So let's look at this, not as adversarial, but as fact that if we just sat there and take a moment to listen and to ponder, I was helping another coaching client last week and I said, and they were talking about not understanding their parents. And I said, okay, let's just, let's just think hypothetically here. If you went through all the experiences that somebody else did, no, pick out the person, the person at work that you hate, the person at the grocery store you hate, whatever it is, the person that you just do not get along with. Put that all aside and just think about if you went through their steps, you went through their upbringing, you went through their everything that they went through, might you be like them? And they sit there and they're like, process, process, process. No, you know, some of them get all bent out of shape and pissed off. Like, no, I would have chose this. And that's secondary emotion. (laughs) And I'm like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. You're not you. You're them. You have been through all the conditioning that they've been through. You may have had different parents. You may have been different uh, teachers and and, and religious leaders, whatever, that that taught you to think differently and act on your own. But if you had went through all those other experiences, maybe they were browbeaten. Maybe they were told to shut up. Maybe they had an opinion. Maybe they were told that they were going to be this religious belief in this political affiliation for their entire life, or they're going to be ostracized from their family. And they were told that for 25 years, might you be like them? And most people, once I continue to drill them, if I continue to drill them, they say, yes. And I'm like, okay, then we are more the same than we are different. And that's the point of this, Shane, is I think that, you know, we're all going to be going through something. And my, my 
clear message to everybody is if you have something, share it, whether it's a dollar, whether it's $5, whether it's your gift, whether it's your singing, whether it's your baking, whatever, whatever it is that you, you could sew masks. This is a time for us to come together and help one another because we're going to be struggling. And if 50% of the nation or 40% of the nation or 20% of the nation is going to be going through shit, then we're all going through it. And we need to rebuild faster together because we need to be stronger. That's my mission in this. And, um, so I thank you for bringing that up. We had a question. Um, let's see. So Cindy, hello, Cindy. Thank you so much for being here. I love you. Uh, so how do people who have to go back to work that are anxious because they have no choice but to go back? That is such a perfect question. Um, I know how that is. I mean, actually, before my private life, prior life, you, spent, you mentioned it, Shane, I was a director of operations. And part of that was the facilities of the building, making sure the workspaces and everything. So I can only imagine what's going to happen. But, you know, what's your answer to that question before I answer it? Oof, it's a hard one. Um, I think everybody's going to be different. I think I don't I think I think they're going to be different, but they're going to be the same. You know, um, you know, to, to kind of piggyback on what it is that you were saying, Chris, you know, I've defied the stigma of what it is that I am tenfold. You know, like, for instance, I'm not touting my own horn, but what I'm saying is, is that we're all more like each other than what we are different. There used to be a saying, right, is the fact that, okay, um, well, all right, if you were to be without two paychecks, two paychecks, well, you could be homeless. Well, I was homeless for, I've had eight homeless shelter stays in my lifetime. So I know what it's like to be homeless. So if you lose two paychecks, you could be homeless. People are feeling that right now, are they not? So now you've got the situation, well, well, you know, mental health, that's a weakness. You know, when somebody's talking about that they're depressed all the time, that's a weakness. That's a choice. You know, there's, there's this, that, there's that, this. And, you know, there's really no reason why somebody would be like that. Well, guess what? There's over one out of every five people in this country, in this world, that deals with mental health in some sort of way, whether it be themselves or whether it be somebody who, that they know. Now, it might not, it's just a matter of what tier it is, right? Or the severity of it is. Well, do you think that people are experiencing mental health challenges right now? Because there's a lot of anxiety to people that didn't think that they had anxiety. There's a lot of depression and, and a lot of, you know, uh, stagnation that people didn't expect to have st stagnation and, and, and depression. You know, so there's a lot of different things that people are going through that they weren't experiencing before. And now they're experiencing it. Now, to answer Cindy's question, I think that what you need to do is that you need to be able to take each step a little bit slow, you know, take it a little bit slow walk on in there, say, all right, look, I believe that they did the best that they could in order to make this as healthy of a situation as it can be for me. I believe that until I prove otherwise. If I prove otherwise, then I need to make a decision for myself. But if I believe that they did do all their due diligence in, in order to be able to make my workspace something that's going to be healthy for me. Now, does this mean that everything's going to be perfect? The hell is it? No, hell no, it's not. You know, I mean, you're going to be looking at your coworker as much as what you love them. You're going to be looking at them a little bit differently. And you're going to be looking at, you know, how people hand over paperwork. I used to be in medical billing, right? So there was a ton of paperwork. There was like, you know, there was always like a file that was about this damn thick about things. 
And so, you know, you have a ton of paperwork and handing it over and things, and you're just going to be a little bit different, right? Think about how awkward it is right now when you greet somebody. Me, who's part French and part Italian, I can mm. tell you it's awkward for oh, me. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. forehead. I'm either, you know, I'm either giving them a shake or I'm giving them a hug or I'll kiss them on the cheek, whatever that is. That's me. That's because it's my uniqueness. And so I try to emphasize that as much as what it is I can. In this situation, it's, you know, here's an elbow. <laughs> you know, I, I don't even know how to do that. You know, it, it's like you put your elbow in, you take your elbow out. You know, I mean, it's like, it's like that's what it is that it feels like. So understand that it's going to be a little bit awkward. Understand that you are okay to feel awkward and it's okay to feel a little bit anxious. There's, it's okay to do that. Do your best in order to make sure that those emotions don't go running away with it, with you and do your best in order to keep things a little bit slower than what it is that the average would be and do your best in order to make sure that you are healthy. And the way that you can do that is, is make sure that you're getting the right amount of sleep so that you're not going to be paranoid about things, right? You're not going to take that and run away with it. Make sure you get the right amount of sleep. Make sure that you do your, your get the right amount of hydration. Make sure that you are mentally ready as much as you possibly can. And then doing that, that makes it so that you are as healthy as you possibly can walking into that situation because that situation is going to be different. There's no doubt about it. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, one thing that I do with the Speaking the Heart podcast network, I don't sit there and say that I'm going to cure anybody. I just tell you that I'm here to help you. I'm here to be able to inspire you. I'm here to be able to support you. I'm here to be able to educate you. And I'm here to entertain you to be more than the challenges that you face. You know, and that's really what it is that my purpose in life is, is to be able to help that person that's more like me than they are different. It's just so matter that there's a whole lot that are out there that I can relate to. Mm, yes. Great answer, Shane. Great answer. Thank you so much for that. And there's a lot of great wisdom in that. And the fact that you talk about you know, focus on what you can. I mean, I think that's what Cindy, she's like, okay. So again, so how do people have to go back to work that are anxious because they have no choice, but to go back for me, when I think about that question, Cindy, and thank you for that is, you know, anxiousness. What is it that you're anxious about? Define what the root cause of the problem. Scott and I were Scott's on here. Scott's my co-host for the Friday night lives. And we were talking about this earlier. And we were talking about the fact that most people sit there and look at the symptom of a problem and not the root cause of the problem. So right. I, I would invite you guys, if you're having anxiety about it, what is your root cause? What is it you're so afraid of? And when I, with my coaching clients, I do this, they sit there and they'll tell, they'll give me some sort of symptom. I'm like, where does that come from? 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 And I keep digging and digging and digging and digging in. Cause I'm the no excuse guy and we'll get to the root of it. And it's usually something from their past. It's usually something from their childhood, some sort of fear. So if you're anxious about going back to work, what are you anxious of? Are you anxious about getting COVID? Okay. If you're a healthy individual, you know, most times you're going to, I think I had it last year because we're here in Southern California and they, they showed that China, that uh, Wuhan was coming in here like gangbusters. And I'm, if you remember Shane last year, I had a late, yeah. late I had a horrible flu and I sit there and think about it. I'm like, yeah, it sucked, but I survived it. So if you're a healthy individual and you're thinking about like, what if I get it? Of course, if you're going to be a carrier and you're going to go back to your family, you have to put precautions into place. You have to think about things as not being quote unquote normal. I keep hearing that crap and it's driving me fucking crazy. Yeah. It's like, no, you may have to take extra precautions. If you're so spun out, if you're like Howie Mandel and you're a total germaphobe, going back to work is probably not going to be in your best interest. You may want to think about what it is that you can transition to. So you don't have to be in that, that type of a situation. Now, if you're more like me, 
I, I tend to be on the side of, Hey, you know, I have a strong immune system, you know, it's the flu people can die from certain different things every single day. So I would take my precautions, but I would not become obsessed about it. I would not be worried about, okay, did my coworker just sneeze? And did I just jump over the, the partition? and want to beat the shit out of her because she sneezed. That's, that's, that's panic. That's chaos. That is, that is like feeding into the pandemonium of, 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 of uncertainty. Like, Oh, Oh my God, what if somebody coughs? You know, how am I going to react to that? Sit there and think about it. The fact that is anybody really going to come to work? that is not supposed to come to work. And now I'm hearing all sorts of things like, okay, temperature testing and people sitting there saying that's an invasion of my privacy. What if I'm just hot and blah, 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 all this different crap. You guys have to keep an open mind that this is going to be weird. It's going to be unusual. It's going to be uncomfortable, but those uncomfortable situations and those unusual situations, correct me if I'm wrong, Shane, that's what grows us. That's what makes us who we are today. I was just talking with somebody earlier about that. You know, they're like, oh yeah, you know, this is such a terrible time. And I'm like, well, look back on your life. The times when you grew the most, the times when you learned the most, was it because everything was great and rosy and fucking awesome? No. And I, okay, recite the time you grew the most. Oh my God, it was this time in high school. And they tell me about this horrific time that they made it through and they decided that they weren't going to treat people differently based on the fact of what color their skin was. Okay, awesome. So you went through a shitty experience and you learned something from that. That's what we're supposed to do. So in answer to your question, Cindy, when you think about returning to work, my number one thing would be have compassion. Have compassion for the HR people. Have compassion for the facilities people. Have compassion for the people who have to figure this shit out and decide, okay, how are we going to space everybody six feet apart? That's going to be challenging. What are we going to do with partitions? What are we going to do if somebody does come to work with a temperature? Are we going to refuse them? How are we going to re- how are we going to pay for them? Are they going to use sick time? Things of that nature. But my thing is you that know, I got something else for you, Chris, and and sure. this is something that I think that you can relate to. Cindy, I want you to go to work for me because you have the opportunity to go back to work. There's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to be able to have that opportunity. And there are a lot of people that don't have that opportunity to be able to make a living off of being able to go to work. You know, with the Speaking the Heart podcast network, there's a number of different people that are out there that are going through some challenges and struggles that are disabled because of the different challenges that they've gone through. And they don't have that opportunity to be able to make a living anymore in the way that they would want to. You know, I, I mentioned Cassie Nolan before. You know, Cassie was a, a person that was going to be a, a dancer. She was going to be a professional dancer. She actually went to school, you know, and, and she she lived, ate, and slept, you know, when it came to being a, a dancer. And so with that being the case, all of a sudden when she ended up having her situation happened as to where she had an injury and that injury turned out to be a chronic illness and a chronic situation called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. She all of a sudden didn't have that opportunity or to be a dancer anymore. I, at some point in time, ended up having my life being totally turned around as to where my career was no longer mine anymore. Because of my disability, I wasn't able to go back to work. And the same thing when it comes to this COVID, 19, there are a lot of people that aren't going to be able to go back to work because of it. And so if you have the opportunity to do so, do it for them. Do it for them who is otherwise like you. Mm, Yes. You're kind of reframing it. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's the way, that's the beauty part of doing these interviews is that we could both say the same thing, but differently and, and engage people from a different aspect of whatever the thought patterns are. 
Um, so hopefully, Cindy, that answered your question. But if, again, if you have a question and you're not comfortable asking it here, by all means, send us a private message to either myself or Shane, and we'll be happy to answer those for you. And um, and our and our and our and our fellow friend, our brother, Mr. Scott Goyette, my brother from another mother. Thank you. Um, he asks, how can we break down the beliefs that no longer serve us? Where do we start? Scott, I knew the answer to that. I'd be rich. Um, but no, actually, I do. I, I do have some thoughts about that. Um, so what do you think, Shane? How do we break down beliefs that no longer serve us? And where do we start? It's just you're the fact about, you're talking about a little bit, but what do you think? It's just the facts. Take the facts. Start from the fact of the matter. Don't go from what it is. That's the perception. Don't go from what it is that you believe. Don't go from what it is that you remember. Don't go from what it is that you think. It's the facts. Here's the fact. Are you like, I, I learned this from my 12 step experience, right? Because I had a number of different challenges in my life in regards to, to mental health. And so I acted upon that in a way that I thought was going to help me live. And yet it really wasn't altogether the healthiest thing for me. And, you know, and I came to realize that, you know, I, okay, I must be a piece of garbage because I'm going, I'm falling through the cracks. I'm not as good as what other people are. You know, it's like, I'm somebody who just can't get things right. I'm somebody who, you know, is out there and I'm hurting people or whatever that is. And then next thing you know, I got into 12 step and then I came to realize that they were more like me than they are different. And they were sitting there and they were saying their little story. They were telling their, their testimony. And I was sitting there and saying, you're not that bad. You're not that bad. You're a good guy. You're, 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 you're this, you're that you're lady. You're, you, you know, yeah, you made some mistakes, but you're not a bad person. So the same thing here is go from the facts, go from what is real, go from what it is that is true. You know, the situation here with COVID-19, listen, <laughs> It's real, okay? And and the fact is, is that, you know, you are going to go through some stuff and that needs to be understood. Nobody needs to hide this anymore. Nobody needs to hide the fact that you're gonna react in certain ways and everybody's gonna be different. Listen, the reason why on the Speaking the Heart Podcast Network, I have different shows coming from all sorts of different angles is because people are different, because people learn differently. People. Uh, you know, inspire differently. People are accepted in a different way. So they go ahead and they go from different angles. So I'm going to go from it humor wise. I'm going to go from it personal development wise. I'm going to go from motivation wise. I'm going to go from nutrition wise. I'm going to go through fitness wise, whatever it is that it takes in order to be able to help a person. That's the way that we're going to go. So sometimes you need to be able to understand and slow things down to the point is where you just find out what is the fact of this, this situation. Not what it is that you perceive things, not what it is that you think things. What's the fact? And then start from there. Mm, that last part, Shane, was brilliant. And that's what I was that's what I was thinking in my mind when I was thinking about Scott's questions. And Scott and I have had some pretty deep conversations on our Friday night lives and just got to know us. But I think, well, actually, I, I actually I'm pretty sure I know that when we think about our beliefs, and you just nailed on it, our our beliefs based on truth or based on our recollection of the truth. And that's something that's powerful. When you think about how much knowledge that we have, you know, I'm 51 now. So when I think about my recollection of my truth or my beliefs of my past, now I have to really sit there and question, are they truly my beliefs or were they manufactured beliefs for me from my parents? Were they beliefs that I, that I formed? 
far because still inside I'm a six year old kid in a 51 year old body. Yep. So I think that when you, when you ask that question, Scott, which is a brilliant question, I think the, where do we start saying, we start by saying, okay, what is my belief? And I'm writing it out. My belief is that the government is out to get me. Okay. So that's your belief. You believe the government is out to get you. Okay. Your next question is going to be, what can I do about it? And most people will sit there and say, oh, you know, obviously you could vote. And I've challenged people on this. I've said, have you written your congressman? Have you gotten active publicly in your, in your local city councils? Have you actually started demonstrations? Have you actually done shit to change the laws that you don't agree with? 99.9% .9 of the people say no. I'm like, so you just bitch about it for the sake of bitching about it, hoping, wishing, and praying that it's going to change. You're fucked up and stupid. Don't do that. You have to sit there and fundamentally say, okay, if the government is out to get me, what are my choices? You know, can I choose to think differently about this? Can I choose to not listen to all the conspiracy theorists and all the other fucking bullshitters that are out there trying to propagate shit to, to lead into fear, to cause us into scarcity, to cause us to become uh, not the strong nation that we're supposed to be? When I sit there and think about it, it's like, okay, what is your choice? If you don't, if you think the government's out to get you, then move. And I've told people that, like, I'm not, I'm not proud of the United States anymore. I said, get the fuck out. And I'm, I'm not sorry for saying that. You know, if you don't have a belief in that, if you want to sit there and fight for it, then fight for it. So when you have a belief that's not working for you, you have to ask yourself, okay, what do I need to do to change it? But most people sit there and look at, what are you going to do to help me change it? What are you going to do to change my belief? What are you going to do to prove me wrong? So many people are doing that when you have to take ownership and responsibility in the mirror and say, what is my belief and what's my role in it? And I think that's the impacting part is to say, what is my belief and what is my role in it? You know, look and at that's, something that's really important. the accountability mirror. When you look in the accountability mirror and say, how is this working for me? How is this belief working for me? Is it working for me? Is it not? What do I need to do to change it? I was just working with somebody tonight. I said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And if your belief is fucked up, look at it at the root where the root is and look at how you can reframe that to be more positive, to be more, be more collaborative. And I'm not talking to airy fairy or wearing rose colored sunglasses. I'm sitting there saying, what is it that my belief is and how can I change that? Cause honestly, Shane, my belief used to be, um, you know, keep stupid people out of my life. Stupid people are stupid. But yeah. then I started believing. I'm like, you know, I have many friends. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I started, I started reframing my belief and saying, okay, why is it that I'm thinking these people are stupid? These people are not stupid. They right. just have been through a different journey than I have. Maybe if you right. get want to get metaphysical, maybe they've had different lifetimes here. Maybe I'm on my 17th lifetime and maybe they're on their second lifetime. How can I and they've judge had them? different experiences in life? Like exactly. Here's something that that I work with with people in regards to schizophrenia schizophrenia is one of the characteristics of schizophrenia is that you have numerous voices within your mind, right? You have numerous voices in your head and they are acting in certain ways, right? And so they'll be sitting there and they will literally tell you to hurt yourself. They will literally tell you that you are not worthy of being around people. They will literally tell you that you are something that's bad or that you don't deserve. And they will constantly be screaming to the point as to where that is very, very real. When you're, when you're listening to this, and I've done a number of different exercises in regards to this. And so what happens is, is that when I'm talking to somebody who's dealing with this type of challenge, I ask them, let me ask you a question. How many times has the voices that you hear been right? How many times have they been correct in what it is that they said? How many times did they say that this was going to happen? Or did they say, you know, that this person doesn't like you? And then you find out that this person never thought that was the case and never said that ever before. And they never would be that way. 
how many times has that voice been right? I don't say how many times has it been wrong because if you go through there, well, then they start thinking and you don't want that to be the case. So you, how many times have they been right? The answer is zero. <laughs> it's okay. It's wrong. It's zero. For the most part, it's zero. And so with that being the case, it's the same thing here. We are more different. We are more like each other than we are different. It's just in a different way. We're just like parallel to one another. And so when we're sitting there and we're having our perceptions, when we're having our thoughts, when we're putting our, 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 you know, our chaos involved into all this, now you're, you're, you're all messed up. And, and that's really like, I know for me personally, who deals with borderline personality disorder, I'm somebody that can get ramped up real quick. Right. And no. so when it comes, <laughs> yeah, right. I can get <laughs> ramped up real quick. And so what happens is, is that what it is that I'm thinking is a hell of a lot worse than what it is that the reality is mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Now, if that's a borderline personality disorder, how do you recognize that in the moment? If you're caught up in it, uh, if you're caught up in it, you're, you're, you got to work your way through it. You got to, you got to, you got to take the experiences that you've had in the past and you have to really live with the facts, you know, that you had amped it up before and it wasn't as bad as what it was, or at least you could stop it from getting to that, to that point. Um, you have the accountability to be able to make that difference. You have the accountability to yourself to find out if that's true. If you think that somebody is doing you wrong, if you think that somebody's talking behind your back, if you think that something is going against you, you have the accountability to you, not to anybody else, to you to find out if that's a fact, to find out if that's true. Because once you do that, then all of a sudden, hey, guess what? You don't have to have that chaos anymore. It's either yes or no. And then you then you then you go on your way from from that 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 situation. And, you know, it's like there's a lot of different things that, that kind of like go parallel uh, to a lot of different conditions that are out there. But we're a hell of a lot more like each other than we are different. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said, Shane. I have a question for you. Controversy. Raw and unscripted. A little bit. Um, boom. <laughs> Yeah, look at that. Um, so it's so when I think about medication, I think about medication, I think about self medication, I think about the people that when I when I think about the groups of people in the world right now, I think about, you know, the people that are going to the victim mindset, the scarcity, the look what's going to happen. They're trying to build, you know, so yeah, a little technical difficulty. Uh, and then I think about, you know, the people that are that are really struggling to make it and maybe they're self medicating, you know, talk to me about the role of medication in mental health and the impact of self-medicating can have if they don't go the, the route of, of traditional medication or what it is they can do aside from that? I, you know, this is something I could talk about for hours, but let me, let me get it. Let me give you the short version. When I was speaking on behalf of a patient point of view from, from mental health aspect of things, I was going to different hospitals. I was going to churches. I was going to different uh, clinics and everything. And I was I was talking about it from a patient point of view. And there was a movement that was going on that was the anti-medical model. Now, what that means is the anti-medical model is that big pharma is against me. Big pharma is deceiving me. Big pharma is trying to, you know, 
make me be a, a patient for the rest of my entire life and all that and everything like this and medications and, and all that. I don't know why it is that we have to go extreme to extreme. And I deal with borderline personality disorder, which is really all about that. But, but really, I don't know why we need to go from extreme to extreme. I don't know why we can't find that happy medium. I don't, know, I don't understand why it is that we're sitting there and we're getting hung up on different words and we're getting hung up on different aspects of certain things. You know, it's like, I can tell you that I've worked with Big Pharma in, in a number of different ways. I've been an advisory board uh, in order to be able to bring across what it is that somebody who deals with treatment resistant depression really goes through. And I know that they took the time in order to be able to hear me out in order to be here to hear what it is that I had to say. So at least they did that. So it's not like they're the devil. It's not like they are the worst thing in the world. They at least gave you that opportunity. Now, my point of view here is this is a no holds barred game, dude. Why is it that we're sitting there and we're thinking that there's rules to this deal? Mm -hmm. Why, you know, I mean, it's like, the illness that 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 are out there or the 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 life that is out there you know it's like a friend of mine trish who we both know she sent me a, a, a video and uh you know she sent me a video and it was uh rocky rocky six or something like that and it was rocky balboa talking to his son oh i remember and, that scene in the street yeah yep, and he I said listen mm -hmm. he said listen this is something that you already know the world is a very difficult place. It's a very challenging place and it will beat you down to the ground and keep you there if you let it. And that really resonates with this question because why are we sitting there and we are constantly thinking, oh, well, this is bad. This is right. This is right. This is bad. This is right. You know, I mean, forget all that nonsense. Look at it from the standpoint of what works and it's going to be different for everybody. But I'm I'm here to tell you that if you go from extreme to extreme, you're not you're just doing yourself a disservice. If you're sitting there and you're saying, I'm not going to take any medications, all right, fine. Good luck. You know, it's like that's like having an addict who just is abstaining from what it is that they do. That doesn't make them recovered in any way. They just stop doing what it is that they do. Meanwhile, they're angry. Meanwhile, they're sick. Meanwhile, they're not happy. They have a void in their life that is beyond anything that you would imagine. So, okay. So you're biting your nose off to spite your face because you are not going to do something that is going to help you. And so I think that it's very important to understand that there is no one answer here and that this is a no holds barred game. You know, when it came to the, the podcast network, and I know I keep on going back to this, but this is my purpose in life. This is what it is that I decided or what I believe was handed to me in order to be able to make a difference. When I knew that I was going to have a network, I knew I didn't want the same show all the time. I knew I wanted different shows. I knew I wanted different angles. I knew that there, there needed to be something out there for everybody to understand and to be able to learn from and to be able to be inspired by. I knew that that's what it is that I want to do. And it's the same thing when it comes to the medical regimen. If you're sitting there and you think that medications are not good for you, all right, I can understand that. But what are you doing in spite of that? Mm -hmm. Are you 
are you edu are you exercising are you keeping yourself mentally well are you doing yourself a, a service in regards to your physical aspects of things what are you doing in spite of that because you could sit there and you can complain all the damn time and something that that anybody who has worked with me in any capacity knows that i don't want to hear a complainer i want to hear somebody who comes to me with a solution don't sit there and just tell me that everything is wrong Come to me and tell me what it is that we can do right or what we can do better. And then we can go ahead and we can talk more and we can move forward. And when I work with people in order to be able to help them through this, you know, this phobia of what it is that they think that is keeping them, you know, stuck, you know, I, I just turn around and I'm like, look, dude, this is real. You know, like when we're talking about my, my situation, I wanted to take myself off this damn earth. Do you think that I'm going to sit there and I'm going to get hung up on somebody's word? Do you think that I'm going to get hung up on somebody's somebody's perception of something? Do you think that I had to save my life? There are people out there who need to save themselves from the pain that they are in or from the anguish that they are in, whether it be medically or mentally. Do you really think that I'm going to get hung up on one thing? This is a no-holds-barred game here. And, and the same thing when it comes to this COVID thing. You know, I mean, it's like, look, oh, well, I'm not going to get the test because the test is something that, you know, is government, you know, ask this or whatever. And I don't need that. And I'm, I'm not sick or whatever. The, okay, fine. You think that you're not sick, but you don't know if you're a carrier or not. Right. You may mm -hmm. not feel the symptoms, but guess what? You can still be a carrier, you know. So you sit there and you go into a store and you go in there without a mask because it's not cool to wear a mask. And it's infringing on your, you know, rights as a as a United States citizen to, you know, you shouldn't have to wear one. But in the meantime, you might be a carrier that is actually going to affect somebody down the road. You know, I just I just saw something as where somebody, you know, just simply, you know, spat in that spat towards somebody and that person died. Wow. You know, you know I mean, think about this. I mean, it's like somebody was angry enough to spit towards somebody. And then that person died. It wasn't the person that spat that died. It was the one that ended up getting spat at that died. You know, so we need to understand that this is a no holds barred game now. And that we need to be able to understand that we're in this together and we're a community together to make a difference for one another. And we can either rise above these challenges that we have or we can implode and it can get worse. I mean, this is really starting to look like a very bad sci-fi movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have it's you ever like seen Idiocracy. What's that? Have you ever seen Idiocracy? It's got uh, Luke Wilson in it, or Owen Wilson, one of the two Wilsons. Owen Wilson, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You seen that? Yeah, yeah. That 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 is a documentary of our life right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is just a situation like when you see Las Vegas, or when you see you know New York, and there's not a car that's on the damn street. You know, I mean, this is real. This is like a real deal. This is something that is serious here. This is not something that is, you know, very small and, and something that is inconsequential. There's a lot of consequences that are going on here. And we're going to be dealing with this for a while. This isn't going to be a quick fix. This is going to take some time. And if we don't get together and we don't start working together to make a difference for one another, then it's going to be painful and it's going to be suffering. Mm, well said. Well said. My answer is a little bit shorter. Um, when I think about that question, I think about, when I think about medication, I think about self-medicating, 
this is something I wanted to share tonight because some people sit there and come to me and they're like, Chris, you got it all figured out. You're always so positive. You're always so, you know, motivated and you seem so strong and all that other stuff. I will share the fact that I have taken prescription antidepressant medication a few times in my life. Um, I had to take Xanax. Well, I didn't have to, but I chose to take Xanax when my mom passed away because I found I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of unresolved emotions. And Xanax was like the one thing that kind of just took the edge off in addition to my own self-medicating, which included, um, you know, medical marijuana and alcohol. And then there were situations where I went to seek therapy and try to understand myself a little bit better because so I could become a better person and a stronger coach. And one of my therapists said, you know, you do really good on a low dose of Zoloft because she saw how amped I was. She saw how ADHD I was. She's like, you know, you really, if you calm down a little bit, you might be a little bit better focused. And I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need your stupid medications. I don't need your stupid medications. So then a couple of years later, I was with a different therapist talking about some situations because through work, we could go and have these therapy sessions. And I would go just to talk about stuff, just to get shit off my chest or just to talk to somebody who, does, who has no opinion of what it is that I do and can actually just half the, half the battles just talking. And that same person said, you know what? You know, a little bit of Zoloft might help you. And I sat there and said, I said, I'm okay. I'm not going to be a dick about it. I'm not going to sit there and say I'm stronger than anything. So I said, you know what? Let me try it. I've never tried it before. I don't know. Maybe it will help me. I was on Wellbutrin and Lexapro and some other shit for my ADHD years ago, which totally screwed me up and I hated it. So mm -hmm. my, my opinion of, of medications are like, okay, they suck. I don't want them. And I usually abruptly stop them. Um, but when I tried the Zoloft, it actually did take the edge off. So I share that with you guys out there so that you know that just because somebody looks strong and they, they act strong and everything else, they may have other situations that they're using to help them guide them through that moment. And maybe this moment, you might need something to get you through the situation. You might need something to help you be a less irritable, a little bit bitchy towards your family, a little bit, ang little bit less angry to the people at work, the people who are trying to, to, to create a workplace that's going to be safe for you. So you might need to do that. But on the flip side of that, the people who are self-medicating and going over and above and beyond binge watching Netflix or gambling or, or, um, or drugs or alcohol or sex or whatever it is, or shopping, whatever it is, I encourage you to sit there and, and ask yourself, okay, I know I'm doing this and I know I'm avoiding something. So ask yourself what it is that you're avoiding and confront that shit right away. Because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's still going to be there when your short-term gratification is gone. And the fact that you're medicating could make your life a hell of a lot fucking worse than it is right now, because now you may come out of this, um, with a, with a, with whatever's going to come out of it from, from COVID, you know, in your situation, but then you can wind up being a drug addict or an alcoholic or somebody else. So really look at the situation and we're going to start to wrap this up. Really look at the situation is what is it that I have control of? It's coming back to the, to the beginning of what we said. And Shane, you said it so beautifully, take responsibility for your own health. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sitting there seeing people bitch about what is, the, what is my workplace going to do for me? What is this? And I'm just going to be fucking transparent. I look at those people. I'm like, you're not a healthy person. You're not a healthy person. So you need to take responsibility for your health and get yourself in the best damn situation that you can be in for your immune system. Stop with the excuses. Stop with, I can't do this and stop. And you're saying you won't, and you can't put it on other people to protect your life. If you're not going to protect yourself, you know, Shane, you talked about water, the simple act of drinking, you know, your, your half of your body weight in ounces of water every day. You're not what you're like 85% water. If you're not, I talk to people like how much water do you drink a day? when they're like complaining about shit and I'm like, Oh, I don't drink water. I said, what do you drink? Oh, I drink soda. I drink this or that. I'm like, okay. So what you're putting in your body is what you're getting out of it. Mm. So let's just start there. Um, and I can go on a high horse about that. Um, the thing is, is that there is no, there is no one answer and, and, and medication isn't the only, it isn't the answer. 
it's part of the answer. It's part of the solution. You need to do the work after you're balanced with the medication. The medication is there to balance you. It's not there to fix you. The work that you do is what's going to show you the recovery that you, that you seek. Mm-hmm. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Um, so we have this very important last minute question. <laughs> Which Rocky was the best? What's up, Trisha? Trisha's a rock star. What's your answer to that one, Mr. Shane? It's the, it's the original one. Number one was the best. I mean, that was, it doesn't get any better than that. You know, I mean, they, they, they can keep on trying and they'll probably have about 10 of them. But, you know, for me, it was always number one. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I would definitely agree. Definitely agree. Um, let's see. Weldon says here, I manage all the meds in our household. It is difficult to administer, not knowing whether it makes a difference. I'm always looking for a better solution. That's awesome, Weldon. I mean, yeah, you got to, when you, when you try something, you have to get into it and say, okay, what is the outcome I want? What is it that I'm looking for? So often we go into something, we just, I just want to feel better. Okay. What's the outcome? How do you measure that? How do you sit there and say, okay, today I'm on a scale of one to 10, I'm a six. And I hope by taking this, that I want to be a nine or something like that. So you have to gauge it and figure out what it is that you're going to be doing. But my, my biggest passion is just be who you are. Just go into this situation understand that it's not the new normal, understand that there's going to be uncertainty, understand there's going to be some stuff that's going to throw you for a loop, but also understand that you and your family and your friends and your support system are the mechanism of what's going to hold you together, the group of people that's going to get you through this. And that like Shane said, and I've said together as a community, we're, we're bigger and better and stronger than everything else. So the more we align with our, ourselves and we more align with everybody else, and we contribute to the solution and not be the problem. That's what's going to get us all through this. And to look at this as a situation of what do I need to do differently? For me, it's the realization is I don't want to go back to a corporate job. So now I'm going to do everything in my power to do my coaching and do my speaking and do consulting and, and change the world and help and, and impact the world and be a great, uh, great father to my, to my son. So through this, I realized, you know, yes, I have to try harder. I have to do better. I have to be smarter. I have to work in a different capacity to get the different results that I want. And that's, what's going to be up to you guys. You can't just sit back and say, where's my stimulus check? Where's this? Where's that? What are they going to do? When I can I go back to eating ribs in public? You know, it's not the new normal. This is a, this is a very difficult situation. And the more we contribute to help other people, the better and stronger we'll all be in the end rather than being conspiracy theorists and, you know, um, scared about everything else. So, um, what, what are your final thoughts on this topic, Mr. Shane, since you are the uh, guest expert? You know, we're just it, it, we're in this together. We're we're in this together when it comes to this particular pandemic that we're going through, and and in some ways that's going to be, you know, the beginning of what is going to be where we shine or where we implode. And and you know, it's like the thing that I look forward to is to have the opportunity in order to be able to make a difference for others, to be able to help people, you know, reach outside of what it is that that's within their mindset that is keeping them stuck, that's keeping them in a way that's going to be not serving them well. And, you know, for me, it's like being totally transparent. You know, I've lived in scarcity, right? I know what it's like to live in scarcity. I'm looking at my per- my current situation with the expenses that I do for the things that I do. I might as well be a philanthropist more than I am a business person, right? You know, because I'm actually, you know, contributing in a lot of ways, but I'm not, you know, getting what it is that I'm looking for. Well, I need to make a change. I need to to look at the facts and look at what it is that's that 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 means. And so I've made some changes, right? And 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 I'm looking forward to to taking them to another level. Now, 
the thing is, is that we all are in this together. We can make a difference for one another, or we can find it is where it ends up being suffering. It's just a matter of a choice. That's our choice. If you want to suffer, if you want to suffer with your anger, if you want to suffer with your hate, if you want to suffer with, you know, your, your, your paranoia of it all. And I'm not now to make this clear. I'm not saying those who are going through some some challenges in life, illnesses in life that do require inquire paranoia. I'm not saying that you're wrong in doing that. What I'm saying is that's a suffering. And you know that. You know that that's suffering. So if you want to do that, that's what's going to end up happening. Now, if you want to be able to recover, you got to do things differently than what you otherwise would. You got to do things differently to where it is that you find the solution versus tripping into your problems because we will trip into our problems. We will fall on our face. We will fall on our back every single time. And then, you know, it's just a matter whether we get up and we find that moment in time as to where we start stepping into the solution. And once we do, and we have that feeling, we ain't ever going to go back. We're going to make sure that we're going to be able to do it right. And that's what it is that we try to do with the network. You know, it's like when it comes to having raw and unscripted, people hear what it is that that is going to make a difference. And hopefully they grab hold of that thing. And next thing you know, they ain't going to go back where it is that they were. They're going to continue going forward. It may be going a little bit slow and that's fine. Or it may just skyrocket, whatever that is. That's the important part where we make a difference for one another. And that that is what it is that we do. And where can people find more about the Speaking to the Heart podcast network? Speaking to the heart.org. You know, one of the things that I'm really proud of is our interactive show notes. You know, we are an interactive resource for people who are experiencing problems and also those who are trying to help those or support those or love those who are going through those problems, whether it be mind, body, and spirit. And so with that being the case, we have our, our, our interactive show notes that where you can actually watch a video of, of the show like this, or you can, you know, read the three points of emphasis of what it is that we that we have in the blog itself, uh, or we have a conclusion, and we have the full transcript of the episode as well. So, you know, we have a whole lot of resources there for people to be able to understand a little bit more than what it is that they might have known before. And that allows us to be able to help those who are going through the challenges by supporting them and by hearing them. And then we have the empowerment and the education piece that is going to help both of those entities rise above those challenges and be who it is that they are meant to be, despite what they might feel like at the time. So that's really what it is that we do at speakingtotheheart.org. You can find us all over the place. You can find us on Facebook. Hell, I got a, I don't know how many groups. I got a, I've got a Facebook group for each and every show that's dedicated, right? We have a dedicated raw and scripted show, right? So, I mean, it's like we have a dedicated group for that. We have a dedicated group for the, the Awakening You or Wrist and Strength. We have it all. So it's like I got those. And when it comes to Instagram, you'll find us at at speaking to the heart um you know when we're on when we're on twitter it's speaking to the number two heart uh if you're on your mobile device this is really interesting because a lot of people listen to podcasts on mobile devices if you want to hook up with us on on your mobile device you can just text the number six four six zero zero and do the text the number two and the word heart together bam you're linked to us and you have all of the resources that we provide. So that's really what it is that we do. We're on YouTube. We're everywhere. <laughs> we're everywhere you want to be. Wow. Shane, I can say confidently from the comments, um, that this is a very important subject. So, um, one of the things that I wanted to do is personally invite you 
to join Scott and I on a Friday night live coming up, maybe perhaps next week and really expand on this, this topic because both uh, here on the, the live chat and on my personal phone, that's been zapping that people have been saying, Hey, I, some of the people haven't been able to comment. Then I think it's just a Facebook thing, an integration with the uh, stream yard. So people haven't been able to comment, but I've gotten people saying, they're saying, Oh, this is a timely conversation. So would you join Scott and myself and perhaps somebody else and, and continue this conversation so we can continue to illuminate and show how people have alternatives to, you know, going into scarcity and fear and instead going into strength and solution. Uh, would you want to do that with us? Oh, I'd love to. Cool. Cool. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. And um, yeah, guys, thank you so much for being here with us tonight and spending your time. I know we went a little bit over, but obviously it's a very important subject. So my, my final thoughts to you guys are again, going back to simplicity. Are you part of the solution? Or are you part of the problem? And be honest. And like Scott asked, you know, what are your beliefs? What do you, what is it you're believing and ask yourself, okay, is that truth? Is that reality? And I really strongly, strongly, and this is something I am super passionate about stop watching the news. Stop, stop devoting so much time to whatever it is that you're doing. I mean, I'm to the point now, and I used to be a news junkie. I used to be a political junkie seven, eight years ago. I could rap with you all about politics and everything else and the news and what was going on. I was firsthand information and I found myself totally exhausted, mentally worn out and, and scared and, and pissed off. And there was nothing I really could do about it. There was nothing I was really gonna going to do about it, but here I was perpetuating it. Hey, my buddy at work. Hey, Carrie, man, did you hear about this shit? And we had spent 45 minutes pontificating on crap that doesn't even matter instead of talking about the impact that we're having in our world. And I know that you guys have to have news. You guys have to have information. I look at it this way. If I'm supposed to hear about it, I'm going to hear about it, but I'm not going to spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, two hours a night watching whatever it is, CNN, uh, MSNBC, any of those fucking news places. I sit there and I'm like, I just want to be in the moment. I just want to enjoy whatever moments I have, whatever things I have control over, be kind to other people, give my gift, whatever your gift is. One of big, my other big passion is go give your gift, whatever your gift is singing, go sing a song. If it's photography, go shoot pictures, go do something that you can share with other people to bring our spirits up collectively. That's what this is about. Collective unification. We don't have to love and, and, and respect and, and like every single one of us, but we're all human beings going through this situation right now. And we have the responsibility to make it better and coming out of this stronger and unified. And perhaps we could just tell some of those politicians and some of those people that are trying to get us to believe in the fear to go fuck themselves, quite honestly. And uh, so that is the end of the raw and unscripted show. We invite you guys to make sure that you're here Friday nights. So you guys can check it out via my Facebook page, uh, Scott's Facebook page. We're going to tag Shane in it. Every Friday night, we're coming to you live. We're bringing guest experts talking candidly and raw and openly about the situations that are impacting you guys. So we can have the collective conversation. We can get your, your comments and your questions and your thank you so much for those because we have this group conversation and together we bleed this out and we share it out and we start becoming more of the, the solution than the problem. That's the passion. I love you guys all for being here. Ron and scripted out. You guys have a fantastic evening. Shane, thank you so much for spending your evening with us and sharing from your heart and your soul about mental health, because that's what the focus is going to be right now and helping other people get through this. So love you, brother. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me on the speaking to the heart podcast network. It's truly an honor and uh, look forward to so much more impact in the future. Love you, brother. Peace out, everybody. Love you, Kick-Ass Nation. Stay unstoppable. You guys rock. Send me information. If you guys have any questions, I love you guys. And for now, peace out.